Canadian Mental Health Association, Niagara, is focused on providing mental health supports to adults in the Niagara region. On top of mental health counseling support, CMHA also works to connect people with housing and other relevant services they need to lead a healthy life. And it provides crisis help by providing, for one thing, safe beds for people who need a short-term place to stay. And as well, there's a mobile mental health support team uh, called COAST, which is Crisis Outreach and Support Team, and that will go to someone's house in, in, uh, in the event of a crisis. And social workers also ride with some police, and that's to help diffuse and divert people in crisis from going to the hospital and sometimes from arrest. CMHA Executive Director Tara McKendrick is with me today. Hi, Tara. How are you? I'm good, Janice. How are you today? I'm great. I always like to say that because you have to start your day and run your day on on saying that you feel well. Otherwise, you really start on a downer, uh, which is takes me to uh, Canadian Mental Health Association, Niagara. And we're going to talk about the services that you offer. So you offer some services that are um, within the organization, counseling and so on that aren't crisis. We're going to talk about your crisis services and um, to sort of wrap it up at, at the end with, uh, with a, uh, let's say, I'll ask you for an inspirational message <laughs> or something else. Anyway, so a few weeks ago, we saw a documentary at the Performing Arts Century called Insanity, the Mental Health Crisis. And it was done by a, a documentary filmmaker um, named Wendy Hill Tout. And her family uh, and her, her brother, Bruce, who was schizophrenic, disappeared 25 years ago. They haven't seen him in 25 years. And so the documentary weaves her personal story, as well as the story of other families who have had barriers to finding um, care for their loved one. And then as well, the homelessness and opioid crisis in Vancouver, which we see a lot about on the news. What's your reaction to that film? Yeah, and I, I think for the benefit of those who haven't been able to see it yet, I do encourage people to find where screenings may provide that opportunity because I think it really represented well the the system challenges and then the, and then the ensuing challenges for individuals who need care as well as their family members and and people who love them. So the um, great representation of the under underfunding for mental health and addictions compared to other countries, um, the complex needs. So as people's needs aren't met earlier, um, how they can be escalate and become worse. So what could be um, provided earlier to prevent homelessness and prevent addiction and prevent a serious and persistent mental illness. I think it really represented all of those struggles and challenges well. Yeah, a couple of the families they spoke to and uh, one of the um, fellows they spoke to who was uh, bipolar, um, manic depressive, um, he had been able to have at times inpatient treatment when he needed it and would get on his medication and then stopped his medication, which I think is sort of goes to a little bit of a complex problem. He then um, 
you know, we found out that he had, yes, started to take his medication regularly. He was in a good place. He had a relationship and he was feeling very good about himself. But that, um, that discussion was not just the ability to get counseling or a psychiatrist, which, and if you can touch on that, but also any kind of inpatient care that someone might need if they're having a severe crisis. And I know that that's a problem uh, here in Niagara. Yeah, for sure. And I, I know there's interest in uh, my thoughts on whether we need more facilities, more bed-based services, et cetera. And I'm very much a yes and, uh, and both person. I, I think that at this point, we're at um, a point in time that people have not been able to access care that they need. And again, I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record early um, and in a consistent way to prevent and maintain wellness when they reach it. So right now, I do feel like um, we've reached a mental health and addictions point where we do need more facilities. We do need more beds. We need to help people get stabilized and, um, and, and find a baseline for recovery before being discharged back into community. Um, and at the same time, I'm hoping that the message gets out there that we need more of that funding and support so that people can access earlier. Because even in the situation where somebody does go to a facility, is able to get bed-based service, there is definitely a place for hospital and acute care levels of service and psychiatry. Uh, but what we're missing right now is follow-up once once they're not in the facility and how are we supporting aftercare, follow-up, continued support so that that level of care isn't needed again in the future. And I think that's where we at CMHA are seeing um, a large gap is people can be discharged from hospital, but without the support and without the connection, then we're really leaving people in a place where the only option is to go into crisis to get to get support right now. So that's where I'm hoping um, we can find a balance between providing what's needed now to get ahead of for, uh, the complexity that we're seeing, but also look more towards earlier intervention and prevention where possible. And CMHA definitely comes into the providing support to people before they get into crisis. Yes. And um, that's a large part of what you do. And that includes um, outpatient care, including um, uh, when I say care, it's uh, outpatient uh, psychotherapy, um, housing. And yeah. so if you can just... Um, so, and there's a, a program called Bounce Back, which is a, um, a, an online uh, cognitive behavioral therapy program. So can you just uh, give me an overview of what CMHA does? Because I think a lot of people don't know. You're like almost one of the best kept secrets. <laughs> I know it's our constant challenge, that marketing and awareness, um, because the, the reality is people don't pay attention to what's available until they need it and then they don't know what's available. So I welcome this opportunity. I always plug our mental health and addictions access line for the 24 seven connection for information and referral around mental health and addiction services, CMHA, but also our other partners in the community. 
BMHA specifically, we tend to talk about our services um, in terms of immediate and brief and then longer term services. So immediate and brief is re really where we're trying to put um, more effort and more focus right now around that earlier intervention and prevention. So we do have programs that offer same day counseling. They're free. Um, previous to the pandemic, they you didn't need an appointment, but right now we are running on an appointment base, which can be accessed through the access line or by calling our, our main line. So same day counseling. If today is the day you're you want to talk, call us and we will get you an appointment with a mental health counselor as well. And there's no wait list for that. So as well, we, in our immediate and brief, we have our safe beds program, which is a 24 seven residential program uh, where people can stay during a self-identified crisis that don't require hospital level of care. So it is an alternative to hospital where that level of care isn't needed. The average stay is three to five days and working with mental health and addictions counselors through the crisis to be prepared to, to go home. Uh, we also have our coast, which is a 24 seven, they're their crisis outreach and support team, 24 seven crisis line, and they have the ability to do mobile outreach where needed. Uh, that is a police partnership with an ununiformed police officer and an unmarked cruiser when that team does go mobile. Um, as well as our mobile crisis rapid response team, which is a 911 response to mental health and addictions related calls. So I, I, I feel like I'm talking That's a lot. lot. So we're just, we're just going to break that down. Sure. Um, housing again is another thing. So, so what's your wait list now to see a counselor? Yeah. If so it's not the crisis that the, you know, the, the general wait list, I call you, I want an appointment to see a counselor. Yeah, so an appointment to see a counselor, that's our same-day counseling. So there is no wait list for okay. our same-day counseling, our safe beds, COAST. Um, we don't have wait lists for those programs. Okay. They're immediate um, and brief. And then when we're talking about housing supports, or case management supports, that's what we refer to as longer-term services. And that's where we do find our wait lists because they're longer term, um, which means that with the resources we have, um, you know, the capacity piece. So support within housing, we have staff who support people to maintain housing, um, as well as we can provide subsidies to find maintain uh, housing for an, from an affordability perspective. Our case management or community support team is also longer term and can help people daily living in the community with serious and persistent mental illness, um, as well as our employment teams. We have a whole team to help people with uh, employment barriers, uh, whether it's mental health or other disabilities to find and maintain employment. Um, yes, I, I know you're trying to break it down. And there's no, 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 but it's, it's sort of, um, it's like a package. Yes. Right. So it helps someone come from a place where they are potentially living on the street Correct. or they're in a precarious homeless situation, precarious food. Um, yeah. 
and then you can help them because we all know you can't get a job if you don't have a home. It's hard to get a home if you don't have ID or a job and around and around and around it goes. Um, so safe beds, uh, I've had people call me and say, where can I go? You know, my sister, my brother, my husband is having um, uh, a drug, a, you know, a, a drug use, a substance use problem. They seem to be in crisis. We don't know where to go. The hospital didn't have space for them or didn't see it as a, you know, on and on it goes. And so I say safe beds. A lot of people, when you hear the word safe bed, you think, oh, that's only for someone who doesn't have a place to sleep. Right. But that's not what safe beds is. It is not. Uh, safe beds is for self-identified mental health needs where, for whatever reason, where somebody is currently staying isn't therapeutic and they need somewhere as an alternative to stay to work through their current mental health concerns. So it can be self-identified. We don't need a mental health diagnosis. We don't need a physician referral. Self-referrals can be made through the mental health and addictions access line. Um, but I think what you also are identifying is the mental health and substance use or mental health and addictions. Um, and I think it's important to note that we're co-located with Niagara Health Withdrawal Management. Uh, some in the community may rec recognize detox, um, but withdrawal management, we are co-located. So I always say in those situations to call and I, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, the mental health and addictions access line, because they can really help somebody sort through what is the best service for them so that they're not running into barriers or closed doors and can really get connected with the service that is best for them in the moment at the time. And just um, to clarify, safe beds is not like a dormitory for people or a, a you know a drop spot i've been through your new facility and yeah. the and the safe beds are are set up for privacy and um uh, to keep people safe and and a sense of dignity i mean you're not just saying hey come in here and we're gonna you know throw you over there so it's uh, it's quite the program yeah. now the other ones you talked about coast the other one that you have is the mobile um crisis response team and i'm missing something in there because it's a two c's I know. mobile crisis rapid response team you got it and that is a really interesting program that uh where and where that does team um a cmha um counselor with a police officer and are going to calls that might involve um uh serious overdose, risk of overdose, a 911 type mental health crisis or a threat of violence in a, in a situation. And that program has been going for a number of years and started as a pilot project. And the, the numbers of people who have been diverted from hospital and importantly, diverted from jail, who didn't necessarily have to go to jail because before if someone was having a mental health crisis and say violence was involved, the only option was jail. Correct. So how is, how is MCERT working that so many people are being diverted and it's 
over a thousand, I think, unique people. Yeah, so thank you for that. In 2022, the Mobile Crisis Rapid Response Team served 1,738 unique individuals, which means that those are individuals that we haven't had previous contact with. Um, and within that, there were 3,505 visits, which means that of those 1,700 plus individuals, there would have been follow-up or some other connection. And from those, 70% um, of, of those individuals were diverted from hospital and the criminal justice system. So what you're identifying is previously, our, our police officers aren't mental health workers. Their, their safety, their protection, their public order. Um, so they didn't necessarily have the, the knowledge or the skills or the ability to intervene in a different way. So now our mobile crisis rapid response teams have a social worker so that we are providing that mental health and addictions assessment connection in the moment during the 911 situation so that we can really assess what the needs are and get people connected earlier and more appropriately um, for what their needs are. And out of those individuals, 80% um, were connected to a community service of some sort. So our teams only connect people to CMHA services. It re they really rely on and connect and refer to any service that is relevant to the situation of the individual at the time. And this is a, a response to a 911 call for someone who wants to or or feels they may at some point in time because they're living again in that I need to keep using the word precarious, but, right. but that's yep. but that's real. the word. Um, I don't know if you can answer this question, but um, they the word defund the police, which I also don't like because I have no idea what that means when I hear that. And I don't think it's a realistic way at all of describing what the what would be happening if the defund the police was put in place. But it seems to me that MSERT, the Mobile Crisis Rapid Response Team, um, MSERT and COAST addresses some of that an area where it's the idea defunding the police is the idea that mental health uh, professionals would go to calls as opposed to police. Correct. Yeah. And and I agree the the word defund, I, I think it comes with many connotations and different understandings because the reality is right now our 911 services are a go-to for mental health and addiction. So I believe the stat from our Niagara Regional Police Service is their mental health and addictions calls have increased, I'm gonna make it up, but I'm pretty sure it's accurate, like 238% in, uh, in the last few years. That's significant and they're not, um, they're not, that's not what they're meant to do. So I, I think when people are talking about defund police, it's around looking at innovative and creative ways to do that differently to meet the need. Uh, and I, I, our partnership with our Niagara Regional Police Service is stellar and uh, there's been great effort there and we're seeing those results through our coast and our mobile crisis rapid response. Um, and I think it's similar to the facilities bed-based service conversation. Like right now, the reality is 
911 is getting an increase in mental health and addictions calls, we need to be responding to those concerns and those needs while also looking at opportunities to, to fund and, and support people in different areas so that those calls to 911 will start to decrease eventually. And I think of things like making sure people are properly housed and have affordable housing, food security, access to education, um, inclusive communities. Uh, people need people, place, and purpose. So how are we building a community that helps people so that we're less reliant on crisis? Um, but the reality is right now, the police are who is getting the calls. So they need the resources to be able to respond in a, in a safe manner. Yeah, I mean, there's so many um, things that go into the issue of increased calls. There's there's uh, more economic stress on people, and that's continuing. Uh, substance um, use has increased, which is all part of partially, you know, stress or mental health issue, which there's some sort of trauma in the person's life that leads them to substance use. There's so many... Uh, uh, parts to all of this. And can you just talk a little bit? So access line is uh, what's, and, and and I'll put up the phone number for that, but access line is a direct place that people can call. They don't have to be in crisis to uh, talk to a person who can help that direct them to the correct services they need and they follow up. And so it's not just a, Hey, how are you? Hang up. Here's some information. Don't call us again. But you do work closely with other organizations in in Niagara um, who are not directly involved with mental health, but are in that sort of broader umbrella of, of problems that people are facing right now. Correct. Yeah, we have uh, so many partnerships. I'm always hesitant because I'll, I'll miss somebody. Um, but for example, our Safe Beds, we um, are in partnership with Community Addiction Services of Niagara and Quest Community Health Center to provide addictions counselors and uh, registered practical nurses in that program, as well as Bethesda, which is a developmental uh, service. So we have behavioral consultants that work in that program. And then uh, beyond Safe Beds, with our case management team, we partner with the Niagara Region Mental Health and their ACT teams and, and that integrated collaborative care. Um, within the homelessness sector, we uh, are, are um, support within housing. We do have a transitional home that's in partnership with Niagara Region. Uh, Start Me Up, which is in St. Catharines. We have mental health counselors who are on site there um, several days a week. Uh, I'm gonna forget people, Janice, but we have so well, many. Well, that's parts. a lot. I think we get an idea of uh, pretty much, I don't think you need to name all of the organizations. Okay. It sounds like we can assume <laughs> that everybody is working together to to try and, uh, and uh, help people and be there for people. And yes. hopefully in the end, Tara, right. thanks for coming on and talking about uh, CMHA Niagara. Uh, I've known you for quite a long time. I don't know if you remember, but- um, the show has been on for just over three years. So I'm in my fourth year and you were my second interview way, way, way back in February of 2020. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and I've talked to Brandy Sand and a few people from CMHA since then, but it's great to, uh, to chat with you again. 
And um, I hope that um, people will have a really good idea of what it is that you do and, and as well, the, the other connections within the community. Yeah, thank you, Janice. And I know originally you said you may ask me for an inspirational message as a closeout. And I, I would like to close out with just encouraging people to reach out. I think we hear so much about lack of and how the system is broken, that it can be discouraging for people to reach out for help. So I, I do appreciate you helping me with the access line information, um, as well as just reach out. There is same day counseling. There, there are options available even if you end up on a wait list for something longer term those those services are available to you while you're on the wait list so just encouraging people to reach out and don't be discouraged from what we hear about lack of um, there is a lot of good people doing a lot of good work so please reach out for help